Hello. Hello. Welcome to yet another podcast from Leeds Book Club. Um, joined as ever by the indomitable book elf Leeds. Hello. Um, today we shall be discussing Fanny Flagg. Um, who is one of the, the few crossover authors that we have, actually. I think it's one of the few authors that I think we've just kind of discovered together along the way. Oh, well, I know I got fried green tomatoes originally from my mum and then mm. not read a single other Fanny Flag book until about three years ago. Yeah. And since then I've devoured five, I You think. lent me fried green tomatoes when we first became friends, I think. It's and a bit of a bond, it's a bit really, of a bond. isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit of a bond. And then I think together we've kind of collectively bought the rest as well not all of them we haven't read all no them, we haven't read all of them but, but um, a, a fair few yeah I've only, I think of two to go a Red Robin's Christmas and Daisy Faye yes that's Miracle the same Man. for me so so if anybody has either of yeah. those and you don't want them and you don't want them can you think of us put them in the travelling suitcase library so we can borrow them yes yeah, and not steal them because that would be wrong <laughs> um, I believe you described her as the sunniest of authors yes I, I thought that we, we are currently sitting in, 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 in um, Leeds Book Club's house um, and it is a beautiful day absolutely gorgeous and what better to celebrate um, the sun than to sit inside and talk about um, an American writer whose books cover friendship and in good times and sitting outside and food food there's an awful lot of food everything that's good in the world really and you know what I've never wanted a pecan pie before in my life till I read (laughs) Fanny Flagg and now my life just won't be complete and I've seen it here you never had a pecan pie no no I've seen it here and I've thought I'll get a pecan pie and then I thought no made you a pecan pie your pecan pie is not like pecan pie pecan pie your pecan pie is like Sin on a plate. <laughs> my pe- everything I make, everything you cook is. She came round the other night and was making um, a cake. Guinness and cake. First of all, there was Guinness, which mm. I didn't know one would traditionally put in a cake. Mm. As, as she went through 250 grams of butter, 400 <laughs> grams of sugar, sugar, and then went, "Do you have ice cream? I need vanilla." I thought this is not a healthy cake. 36 Weight Watchers points. No, we, we worked it up, thing. didn't we? For the Thir- ice cream, 37. 37. Oh God, yeah, 37. Weight Weight Watchers points. Not that we work in Weight Watchers points. It just seemed like a funny and rather arbitrary way to, to look at these things. Yes, anyway. Books! Books! Books. <laughs> so, funny flag. Um, we're going to start with Fried Green Tomatoes because it's the book that most people will have at least seen the film of. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that was well, that was how we, we yes. got it. My, yes. my dad and my brother went away one weekend and my mother and I decided to have a girly weekend. We rented Fried Green Tomatoes, Sleepers oh. and Dolores Claiborne because they had good looking men in them. Oh my god! Three of the most depra- well, fried green tomatoes isn't, but sleepers is about you know fried priests abusing <laughs> little boys. Fried green tomatoes is incredibly depressing. But it's not a it's not a downbeat like sleepers is a downbeat mm. film. Followed that by Dolores Claiborne, which is about a woman who potentially killed her husband, and then in the end you discover spoiler alert by the way that it's because he was sexually abusing their eleven year old daughter. That's a bit of a downer. Thank God we'd left fried green tomatoes to the end, or I don't fried know. Fried green if my tomatoes, par- the film in which her, be- her brother dies oh, in, a Chris train, in a tragic train crash in the first 10 minutes of yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I when I tell you that later on another character loses an arm with the same train tracks, yeah, yeah, you know, train just, tracks are cursed. Fried Green Tomatoes is a book that's told in two genres, in two time frames, two genres, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the contemporary storyline involves Evelyn, um, and Evelyn is a woman who is 
too young to be old and too old to be Which young. Which is such a perfect Beautiful phrase. description. She was part of the era where you grew up to be a good girl or a bad girl and then it all disappeared in the 70s where everyone was just like, become the person you're going to be and don't worry too much about the labels. And she never felt comfortable letting her hair down and being the bad girl, as mm. it were. And she never felt successful in her not unhappy but very drab yeah. marriage um you know she doesn't have a good relationship with her children because she never really knew how to talk to them and she's just lost and alone in the world and oh my god the description where evelyn talks about losing her mother mm. she loses her mother to cancer mm. and a little busy boxy doctor comes in and basically reads off the diagnosis from the chart and she hadn't yet told her mum how sick she was and she Anyway, the whole book kicks off when she is taken by her husband to meet the obnoxious mother-in-law mm. who kicks her out of or the room. great aunt or something. It, I think it's a great aunt in the film and in the book it's the mother-in-law or the other way around. It's, it's one of those. But um, yeah, she gets her sweets thrown out and she ends up sat in like the, the meeting area of an old age home and this crazy little woman called Ninny Threadgood starts. Now, okay, in this way I'm going to distinguish in the film Ninny Threadgood could be Ninny Threadgood or she could be Iggy. In yes. the book... Ninny is Ninny. And I, I'm always going with her as yeah. being Ninny. So, yeah. um, and she just sort of turns around and goes, they never did find the body, you know. And Evelyn is like, what? Who is this crazy person? Why is she talking to me? You hear something like that, you have to go. You have to ask more. What, Although she what, really just what? wants this quiet, this small woman to shut up and leave her to eat her chocolate bars. In the film, she's played by Jessica Tandy, who is my um, namesake. And that's one of the reasons I'm called Jessica. So. She, well, in, in, the, in the film, it's Kathy Bates and Jessica Tandy. They are these two characters. And, and they are incredible. I mean... Over, over the, the course of the book, Ninny tells her life story to Evelyn mm -hmm. and Evelyn learns lessons, becomes such good friends with her, but in a way it becomes that like an aunt, an aunt niece relationship yeah. that yeah. in the absence of her mother she'd so desperately needed. Mm -hmm. Ninny talks about Ruth and Iggy. Mm -hmm. Ruth and Iggy were her best friends growing up and sister-in-law and they were women who raised a child together, whose friendship brought a community together, despite the fact that it was the sort of friendship that wasn't really talked about at the time, mm. and who were inadvertently caught up in a murder investigation. <laughs> and it's just... Uh, and in the film, um, it's Mary Stuart Masterton and... I can never remember her name. Uh, Mary Louise Parker. And they're perfect. Everybody that's cast in this film mm -hmm. is perfect. Yeah. But I still think you get way more out of the book because it's just so much more detailed. And yeah. you get the whole um, Sipsy's storyline, which doesn't translate into the film as much. What I love most about this story is how it's very much normal people doing normal things. But there's so much in it for women, yeah. I think, um, to learn from because... You have a character, the model, modern character Evelyn, who who is uncomfortable in her body and doesn't really and um, like this. There's this amazing, amazing part where she's um, kind of sitting in this room with other liberated women sorts. And I mean, I you know, I'm we're obviously younger mm. and, and and wouldn't have been but, there. But fair but, to say, there were things you'd be yeah. more comfortable with than I would yeah. be, and vice but versa. But she's sat in this room with these liberated women, and they're all you know displaying their lady parts they all decide to look at their lady parts um, yeah, you see we're not liberate we can't say vagina they're looking into their vagina <laughs> but and, and she's really uncomfortable with that and I think that in the well in she the actually 80s, stands up and goes um, I'm not willing to do this and they go have you got a problem looking at your vagina and she goes no I have a problem on doing my girdle in public <laughs> And it's just brilliant. I mean, it's just marvellous. And then you've got the old times when... I mean, it's not explicitly said that they are in a lesbian relationship. Oh, it's quite clear in the book. In the film, it is 
it imp- down. Implied. implied. They, I mean, in the, this is one, the only thing that really upset me in the film is this, this, and it's very funny. As a child watching it, I mm. thought it was great, and I thought it was such a wonderful way of showing what good friends they are. Mm. They have this epic food fight. Mm. As an adult, you're watching it going, that's the analogy for a homosexual relationship. Mm. They had a food fight. That mm. just goes to show they're so liberated, they're gay because they fight with food. That really irritates me. But it's it's one tiny quibble. But Itchy, I mean, she's just such a hero. She's a tomboy who um, grows up working in bars and, and, and getting drunk with all the men on the campus. And then mm. that she's, but she's also got such a kind heart. I mean, the, she, there's this homeless guy who gets ends up getting caught in a murder investigation, which is really well done. Smoky lonesome. Yes, and um, she kind of takes him to heart. And in the book, it goes into. In the book, there's this beautiful detail where she invites him in, and she says, "Come on in now. I can see you're down on your luck. Have a plate." Because they run, they run the cafe, the fried green tomatoes. God, we're explaining this so badly. The whistle stop cafe, yeah. And um, at the whistle stop cafe, and she's like, "Come on in." She serves him a plate of food, and his hands are shaking so much mm. um, that he can't eat, and he can see her watching him, and he thinks, "Oh, she's she wishes she hadn't helped me now." So he stands up to leave, and she follows him out, and he kind of goes, "I'm really sorry. My nerves are just shot." And she goes, "Oh, don't worry. We all get like that," and passes him a flask. Mm. And he takes a little drink and his nerves calm down and he gets to go inside and eat mm. his meal. Mm. She treats everybody like they're human, mm. no mm. matter, except her own brother, Julian, who she loads with a passion and fills his shoes with manure and steals his car. And it's just, she's very, she's a very funny, human, mm. flawed character who never recovers from the death of and her favourite brother. I know. And then um, the other woman who character from the old times, Ruth, Ruth. Um, is in a horrible, horrible, abusive relationship, which she's rescued from. Well, what I think is beautiful is that like Ruth Iggy meets Iggy, mm. and they clearly click. Mm. But Ruth is, has no concept of what it means, and she goes back and marries this guy, and can't understand why when he's beating the shit out of her, she still thinks of this this kid that she knew, with whom she felt so comfortable. Mm. And, and and she kind of saves her from that. And I think that you know, oh same, God, can I, can I say how she saves her? Yeah. Um. Basically, Iggy like. So she's not stalking Ruth, but every now and again she goes through town and she like pops into the shop and finds out what people think. And it's the shopkeeper that ultimately says that Frank Bennett is, um, you know, is is mm. beating his wife. And Ruth sends her a passage from the Bible, that passage from Ruth, mm. and where you go, I'll go, and where you stay, I'll stay, yeah. and your home will be my home. And ah, uh, and uh, Iggy gets it and reads it and kind of goes, I don't know what it means. And her, she hands it to her mother, and her mother remains, you go get that girl and bring mm. her home. And it's fabulous we've got to stop because we have to move on to the other books but mm. if, if it hasn't been clear we read it book. read this book it's so good so that was the first fanny flag yes and then there was thousands of more fanny flags they were now book. she obviously she found a thing that works yes which is women orientated books yeah friendship one major issue and then a, a, a dichotomy of smaller yeah communal or community yeah. concerns it's very community based to her mm. her writing is you get a complete sense of living in a, in a community that's very very different to, to ours mm. um, I, I Fanny Flag has made me want to go across you know middle yeah. America and go to Alabama where some of the books are set mm. and go to Minnesota where others and you know all across the south and just because the, the sense of community that she has in these books is so welcoming yeah um, it almost makes you feel that you could go to that community and, and she doesn't and be accepted she almost. doesn't shy away I mean in fried green tomatoes which I'm sorry we are moving on from this but mm. she doesn't shy away from from the big issues that made the South look bad. Mm. So on the one hand, Iggy's best friend is Big George, who mm. is their, their house man, as it were. Mm. And his mother, Sipsy, has worked for the family for 50 years prior mm. to that. Their family, Iggy goes to court and can't tell the truth to defend herself. She is so worried about Big George. Mm. At the same time, 
none of Big George's children are allowed to eat inside the cafe. Mm-hmm. White folk won't sit next to black folk. Mm-hmm. It's also very matter of fact. And the local cop who's Iggy's mate is in the Ku Klux Klan and she just makes him look so small. Anyway, mm. so, but, but with the race issue, this leads happily into Welcome, Welcome to, to the World, world Baby Girl. girl. Um, which I think... It's one of my favourites. It's your favourite. Uh, next to Fried Green Tomatoes, I think this is my favourite. It's um, it's set about 10 or 15 years after Fried Green Tomatoes. It's much more based in the city. It's um, I think it's based in... New York. Got it. New York initially, and then Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. No, 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 this isn't. This is the Minnesota. This is the one in Minnesota. Minnesota. This is Minnesota. Um, but they're, they're very, they're very, obviously very... Missouri. 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 I think that they're parallel counties, but they're, they're very similarly... I'm, our geography is not, not best. Good, not good. Sorry, it's in America, America somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. Sorry, yeah, America. Yeah. But can you tell me where Scarborough is? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, no, but there's a fair. Um, sorry. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel wrote a show about it once. Um, anyhow, it's about this woman who is searching for her roots, mm-hmm. and she ends up back in very small town America, and. Um, and one of the linchpins within the book is Neighbour Dorothy, who runs a radio oh, station from her living room. You should Dorothy. be Neighbour Dorothy. I think I am Neighbour Dorothy, but without be. the family. You do it with your travelling suitcase library. Yes. But it, you bring people together. Maybe. She gives out recipes, does obituaries, wishes people well for their weddings, mm. has great singers and songwriters that yeah. will just pop in and sing a song. In her living room. In her living room. Oh. And, um, and and it's it's so well done. And But again, there's the big issue in the book. And I think Fanny Flagg does this very well because... When she springs the big issue on you, mm. which is that this woman is the descendant of a European dark-skinned woman who moved to America and passed for white. Mm. And obviously the, is- the issue of passing was huge in mm. America. If you went into a department store and you could get away with being served at the white counter and trying things mm. on at the white counter, good for you. If you got caught... Mm. passing you were in so much mm. trouble Which and it just, just it drives this secondary character mad and you're reading about it but you're reading about and, and this woman is learning all of this mm. about her parents and mm. stuff and oh I just, I just found it incredibly powerful mm. but again it's the small touches that mm. stay with you I mean she's Lena, the the, um, the main character as well, is is a very you know tough. Re- she a reporter. She's a journalist, isn't she? Yeah, and like she she hosts uh, yeah. does the news. Yeah, and so um, so for her to kind of take a step back and learn about who she is again, it's the whole you know learning about who you are and making yourself feel better because you're not pretending mm. to be something that you're not. And you know, no matter how you run your family, you're yeah. still your family. Yeah, you know, and and again taking it back to this small town America um, from the big city where mm. everybody knows each other and again it's the entire community is, is, is set up mm. because when you're reading a book about a big city like New York you can read about parts of it but you don't encapsulate the whole city you yeah. can't it's, it would be impossible it's too big to do. It's too, too many big. stories um, but while taking it down to a small town in, in Missouri she's um, engaged in encapsulating the whole community so well yeah and I think the issue of, of race and what have you, um, she deals with very sensitively. Mm. There are a thousand kindnesses between the races that were never remarked mm. upon when, when the issues started. Yeah. You know that, and I think that's a beautiful way of putting it yeah. because I think it's very true. Yeah. Um, she, but I mean, I think I mean knowing nothing about we, I, you know, we're, we're I'm, very ignorant I'm, people. I'm British. You're Irish. We, but you have grown up in in, 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 a, in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. In Africa, so, so 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 you will have a more experience than me. But I came come from Scarborough, um, and have lived in Yorkshire all my life. And uh, sadly for me, I think that the issue of, of race and, and what have you, it, 
for me, only the last few years has has mm. it become. That's not sad. That's issue, a good is, thing, by the well, way. Well, no, I know, but it's awful that it's coming now. It's it's awful that's happening, but it's very good that for a particular point in time in Britain, you could go up not really getting why the race issue was such a big well, exactly. deal. I think I that's mean, a, but, a glorious but, but, but thing. Same, that's, but that's only where I'm from. I mean, yeah. you know, you yeah. the, but I think in America, Bradford, for example, but, the yeah, race yeah, riots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, where I'm from, it was never never th- talked about and mm. but I think she, she she brings it up in such a way that makes you understand yeah um how awful it actually would have been yeah. back and I, I I think that there would be a lot of people reading this you know I'm, I'm pre- presumably she is as big in her own country as mm. she is internationally I encountered this in Zimbabwe mm. you over here so um but I think one of the there are two, two themes that I think are, are brilliant one of the things that is that I think people reading that in those counties who will know firsthand mm. I'm hoping that an awful lot of them would be reading that going, why are we doing this? Why do Mm. we behave in this way? And Mm. it would make them question their um, stereotypes and Mm. presumptions. The second thing that I really like is that there are characters in the past who hide things through shame and fear. Mm. And one of the overriding themes of Fanny Flagg's work is that you can't escape the past. Mm -hmm. They all involve a certain element of digging up what previous generations have tried so hard to hide. And I think that that's really significant because... I mean, I, I have a, a relative who's just been doing the family tree, and she's gone back nearly four hundred years. That's cool. Which, I mean, it's, well, it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> when, we none of us did anything great or, or fantabulistic or whatever, but it, it's so interesting going back, realizing love how far tree. our roots go. Mm. Um, and then on, on my fellow's side, his um, his stepmom has has done a, a family tree as well. And, um, and I think she's gone back not quite as long a period mm. of time, but England's a bit bigger than Ireland. But she's found out that like they've got a blue placard. You know the historical plaques oh, yeah. that go up on buildings? And it's like, this person did this in this place. And mm. I can't remember what it was for. I think it was for um, reforming hospitals. Oh, that's cool. Which is, oh, it's, it's, or reforming prisons. It was definitely a reformation thing, yeah. bringing in cleanliness and hygiene and rules and mm. you know non-essential luxuries like mm. that. And um, I, I'm so proud for him five ten generations down the line I think it's great to know that there are no oh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to to know more about my family I mean I know a fair bit but not not anyway 400 mm. years back but mm. I th- with with this it's not even with the standing world in welcome to the world baby girl mm. um which is a, a great title as well which is from um neighbor Dorothy has this thing where she, if something somebody's born, born she'll announce it on the rail and go welcome to the, the world, world baby, baby girl, girl or welcome to the world baby boy and and you know it's so lovely and, yeah. I, and I, I think if it's it's a great accolation. The world's great. Welcome to it. And yeah. you are very much aware that the world in Fanny Flag has these bad parts that mm. are horrible and and they are horrible. Horrible, but at the same time, you have such. I mean, everything. It's life affirming. Yeah, I think all it, of her work. I think it fun. still comes down to the fact that um, that people are neither good nor bad, mm. but the vast majority of people try to be better than worse. Yeah. And I really love that element of it. One of the, this book more, I, I think um, Rebecca Wells, who's another author that I very much enjoy. She is not, I would not, I, I, I don't think that she has quite the range of Fanny Flagg, but she's obviously been very influenced by Fanny Flagg. Mm. And she's written three books called Little Altars Everywhere, mm-hmm. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood yeah. and Yaya's in Bloom. And it's very much covering it's very, they're very different books. They're written in very different styles. One of the things Fanny Flagg does that I adore is that the whole book is written up out of 
you know, fake news clippings, newsletters, mm. diaries, conversations on the telephone, Could as well up. as having, you know, the more linear based conversational element to it. And um, Rebecca Wells doesn't do that, but she covers a similar time frame. They're very woman orientated books, but far more with Welcome to the World, Baby Girl. I felt that um, that link there with the divine secrets. I felt mm. that they were they covered a lot of similar well, territory. She, it's the same sort of thing. This, this woman is living in New York and she has to go back to um, small town America in order to discover more about herself. After an estrangement with her mother. Yeah. Um, and obviously in this character, Lena is, a, is an orphan. Mm. So it, it, there, there are parallels to be made. I, would, I mean, I would recommend Rebecca Wells, but I, I think I would still recommend Fanny Flagg foremost. But, yeah. More. more. <laughs> I would agree. Um, so David Dorothy, the character we were talking about earlier, yeah. um, she lives in this town called Elmwood Springs. Um, which I've just found in oh, book springs. Um, and the one of my favourite books, Funny Flag, it's odd because it doesn't really have a plot. It's more of an exploration as to an entire ten years in a town and the people that live there and how that happens, and that's called Standing in the Rainbow. Mm. Um, and it's just lovely. Um, it focuses around neighbour Dorothy and her family, mm. um, which is great because obviously it's a character get that you, curious. Want to, you, you want to know more Two about. Two books down the line, yeah, she yeah. deserves a book. Yeah. Um, and then there's various characters, none of whom I can remember offhand. <laughs> but you know, you, you have the town beauty queen who grows up and marries the hardware store man, and they have a family together. And she's all, and they have that wonderful married marriage where, um, yeah. you know, they both bicker all the time and they nag all the time. And you yeah. see couples like that; they're just on each other's backs all the time. But you can tell that they love each other. Mm. Um, and she has the old cranky old woman who lives in the countryside who won't, you know, talk to anybody, but is actually, you know. Sound as a pound. Sound as a pound. In, uh, if you've seen Steel Magnolias, you yes. know um, what you call her. Uh, Shirley yes. MacLaine's yes. character is is that character um, perfectly. Uh, and it go, and it's set in the uh, predominantly in the fifties um, when America's very romanticized in the fifties. Well, I, I like that. I think that she's picked like an idealized version of Americana mm. and dissected it in order to prove that yeah, there were great things happening, mm. some shit as well. Yeah, I know. And you have you know the, the gospel tradition as well, very much so prominent in this books. Um, oh, they're all churchgoers. All churchgoers, and again, the sense of everyone coming together for a common goal, which was religious but at the end of the day they were all sitting down I and envy them together. exactly I really envy that sense of community I know we um, don't have that really over here now my argument would be that perhaps what we should be trying to do those of us who are who are not necessarily church going faith people mm. is we should be trying to create those communities with you know these are communities that are developed around the church we should mm. be trying to develop communities around other things as well mm. but um but I certainly it doesn't take anything no. from how lovely the, 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 I think it's it's a beautiful thing to read about faith. Mm, yeah. When it's when it, especially when it's not preachy, when it's just every every character take your troubles to the, the Lord. characters of faith in this book um, just come across as decent people who are trying to do well and live well and yeah. live good lives. And I think there's nothing wrong with that at no, all. Exactly. You don't force it in people's throats. But again, it goes through. I mean, in Stunning the Rainbow, it also goes through the political aspects of it because yeah. she marries into a one of the characters marries into a. a, a a politician who is very much self-made politician who he, he sells tractor parts mm -hmm. and goes around all these these farms in this farming neighborhood in, in Missouri and um, you know every time he introduces himself he says himself by name and he sets him up and then he ends up being this this quite shady political figure yeah um, who treats his wife appallingly uh, but again it's 
everything yeah. everything in this is encompassed in such a simple mm. very it's only, they're very short books I mean Fanny Fag doesn't write you know they're, well, they're thick epics. books they're but thick they're books, very but quick I mean, reads I'd, yeah I'd say most of them I mean this one I've got in front of me 400, 400 odd pages but it's very very easy to read they're yeah. not you know thousand word epics but she manages to encapsulate a, such a range yeah. in her writing one of the criticisms that I've read of Fanny Flagg is that she writes men as evil and I disagree with that quite a bit in Fried Green Tomatoes for example there's one evil character yeah um, and he gets his yeah he's, he gets what's coming he gets to what's him, coming to him. Um, <laughs> all of the other male characters they are secondary mm. sure mm. but this is a woman who happens to be um, homosexual in is fact she? I believe that she was dirt is she I believe so. Mm. I, I thought. I thought. My understanding was that she was Dick Sargent and his beard for many years. They did a okay. talk show together, or something like that. I'm looking this up in case I'm wrong, and I could be wrong. If so, I take it all back. Mm. But I believe she was outed um, by her girlfriend of, or an ex at the time. But I don't think that that. I, I'm not one of those people who thinks that your sexual orientation affects how you write. I think that no. you, your who you are as a person. Um, yeah, partner of Rita May Brown who outed her. Yes. Um, and she did do game panels. Um, oh, that's very interesting. We're just looking at... Yeah, we're looking her up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia page, and it says, Fag has spoken publicly about her dyslexia now. That's very interesting. Um, because it, her writing is very... It's not simplistic, but it's very simple. And it's very, very... Oh, that's very interesting. Um, but anyway, anyway. We're, 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 we're um, but, that, but I don't believe that that's why... I, I don't believe that that's why the men are secondary characters. And I don't believe that that's why the primary evildoer, as it is, in each book happens to be male. There are many secondary male characters yeah. who are wonderful. Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, I think... Um, one of the characters, the, the neighbour Dorothy's, Dorothy's husband... He's a chemist. What is his name? Mr Dorothy. Mr Dorothy. <laughs> Mr Neighbour Dorothy. He's lovely. Roland? Yeah. Robert? It's an know. R name, anyway. But, um, but you know, there, there are many male characters who I think are absolutely... I don't think that this is a... These are, these are women first books, mm. but they're not women first drag men down books. No, not at all. And I love, I love them for that. Not at all. Um, as well, in, in, in the, the baby girl one, the, the idea of family and everyone loving each other despite... You can hate each... You, 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 you can really 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 hate someone but you can't stop loving them yeah. in these books the siblings that we're yeah. going to talk about later yeah. come to mind there are a set of sisters in a later book who have nothing in common and who Is quite frankly have spent most of their lives making each other miserable mm. um, but they are family and that never mm. goes away mm. that reminds me actually there's a Hollywood feud you know Olivia Haliband who was in Gone with the Wind as Melanie yes she and her sister who's Joan Fontaine they were two like Oscar-winning actresses in the thirties mm. and or in the forties onwards. Um, they fell out really badly in the fifties. They still have never spoken God. since. I, I mean, you want to take a grudge? These guys are. That's old Hollywood. That's Do you know what I mean? They just—they did everything better. They did proper glam. Again, you never saw them in their this jeans. This idea of old Hollywood comes back to the, but the, yeah, the romanticized Americana in the nineteen fifties, where everything is. The girls wear beautiful dresses and the boys wear, you know, smart shirts and they mm. go to the five and dimes and they go into the milk bars and have, you know, whatever yeah. you have in the milk. What do and you have everything, in the milk bar? Everything is recycled. Um, yeah. you know, the, the and there's a neon and it's just coming out. It's all brand new. And yeah. everybody's incredibly excited by this really tacky thing. But they go to the, they go to the theatre and mm. one of the characters in Fried Green Tomatoes, um, Sue Ruth, Ruth Sue, Mary Sue, something like that, mm. um, she plays the piano mm. alongside the film. Like she makes the score, mm. 
I mean, you know, you know when you think about it, and you kind of go, "Oh yeah, I suppose that's that's how they'd have done it." But you know, we don't grow up in a world where there's an orchestra sat in front of the screen in order to play music along to a film. It's mm. so interesting to read. It's mm. so meticulously researched. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, she grew up. She would have grown up. Mm. We're moving on now. I think to my least favorite. Yes. I think it's a bit of a fluff book, and it makes Neva Dorothy something that she isn't, and that annoys me. But it's mm. called Never Get to Heaven, and it's basically about a woman who falls off. A, she's like a seventy-eight-year-old woman who yeah. falls off a ladder, dies goes to heaven, meets a load of people, and gets sent back to earth to tell people that the whole point of life is to be happy. Mm. That's it. And we're really overthinking it, trying to make anything else out of it. And she sets about making the people in her life happier. Mm. And well, that's kind of it, mm. really. There's no big, there's no hidden issue in this, which I missed, because I think I like that she springs the race issue, or she springs the murder, or you know, there's there's some big thing that happens in every one of her books except this one, mm. um, and uh, but it, but the secondary aspects, community characters, beautiful, beautiful as ever. I just found it a little bit. With Never Get to Heaven, which is the book we're, we're talking about, um, mm. I read it on a day where I was feeling a little bit hormonal. Um, you That's know. a day ending in Y for yes. our RL here. <laughs> um, and it was, I was going to work and I think I had it in, in on the, as a train read because you, know, you, you have these commute reads that you can just read and not really think about. And, all of that. Um, and in the morning there was a picture of a baby orangutan. I remember this. In the metro um, on page three. So I, I spent the morning going, look at the little baby monkey, look at the little baby. And it was the one where the mother was kissing the baby and it oh, oh hormones little tiny ovaries popping out like little Jim Henson characters um, and then I finished Never Get to Heaven on the train home and I was walking through Leeds City train station literally my eyes flooding with tears not being able you're, to see you're that person who walks weeping. through a public transport area making everybody else feel uncomfortable exactly because I they don't know whether bad. they should go up to the crazy woman and ask her if she's okay <laughs> so it's like if somebody had come up to see you are you okay That's I just you. read a book and there was a baby monkey that's literally you know, <laughs> It's, but I think that Fanny Flagg has this ability to kind of tap into your emotional side, even in a book that's not that meaty, really. Mm. But at the same time, I think I read it in, in just the right day because I mean, you sometimes you just need a good cry, yeah. And sometimes you want to sit and watch beaches and drink gin and just yeah. weep. And I think if you're the sort of person who enjoys doing things like that, mm. read a Fanny Flagg. Never get to heaven. It isn't the strongest of her books. It's not the book I've most enjoyed the most, but it made me as a weird weep. sort of experiment. I kind of I would say. Read Never Get to Heaven first. Mm. And as long as you enjoyed it, whether you enjoy it or not, actually. Fuck. Oh. Nuts. And I was doing so well <laughs> on the language thing there. Um, read so. Never Get to Heaven. Whether you like it or not, then read Fried Green mm. Tomatoes. Because, to be honest, it was a little bit... You read Fried Green Tomatoes, Welcome to the World, Standing in the Rainbow, and they're so good. And you read Never Get to Heaven and you kind of go... Taking a bit of a break from the issues, yeah. were we? It's not quite as good. And then you read I Still Dream About You, which is the latest one, um, which I bought as a present to myself. I, I never buy books first hand, and I think I, was, I had to buy a book first hand for a of all of the Fanny Blags to buy first hand. I know, I know. I, I don't dislike this one as much as I, I, well, I don't dislike Never Get no. to Heaven, but it, it doesn't impact on me. Yeah. And I Still Dream About You impacted on me more, but I found it far sillier. The mm. setup is, 
a beauty queen, Alabama, Miss Alabama, Miss Alabama, um, who had been proposed to by her boyfriend, decided to make it big in New York instead, and mm-hmm. um, failed to do so, and basically spent thirty years as a very successful realtor working for one of the most unrealistic characters to ever feature in a Fanny Flag book, which is a dwarf called Hazel mm. and it's not that she's a dwarf because I think there are people out there who are dwarves therefore that is not that unrealistic and it's not that she's like a great person because there are great people out there that's not that unrealistic she's just such a flipping Mary Sue type she yeah. is the best boss the yeah. best friend the best wife the best dwarf the best daughter anything that Hazel puts her mind to do she does and she does epically making everybody around her feel good about themselves that annoyed me because I don't believe in that yeah. Um, and this woman basically spends 30 years going, wow, I really wish I'd married my first love. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. it's uh, Thank God I'm pretty. If I weren't pretty, I'd be miserable out of pretty life. Pretty in my beautiful apartment with my matching underwear. And with no emotional connection with the reader whatsoever, she decides to commit suicide. Mm. And then, wouldn't you believe it, life just keeps throwing all of these little things at her that mean she has to postpone her suicide for another day. And another day. And another day. And then, God, God we're two thirds through the book and look who's just reappeared the guy that she spent 30 years moping over mm-hmm. can anybody else predict how this is going to end i'll give you a hint she never actually commits suicide <laughs> i very um, rarely read a book about a character who wants to commit suicide and think do you know what it. go for it um what i like i take that back obviously don't kill yourself <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> I still dream about you. The, what I liked about that I still dream about you is that um, it's the secondary characters I enjoyed more. Like her, her mate who works in the realtor estate office. And oh yeah, she's like she's going to be the mayor of the town. She's a really astute political woman. Total dither. Can yeah. I stay on her diet to save her life? Oh, totally beat yourself up about her diabetes. Should I not have an ice cream? Should I've eaten half of my sister's oh, ice cream. What I'd better I eat the other half and buy her a new oh, box. Oh, for God's sake, woman. Just accept who you oh, are and enjoy it. One <laughs> of the things I loved, though, is that this woman who's really struggling with her diet, her sister deliberately buys out-of-season ice creams because they're really hard to replace. So whenever she falls off the wagon and eats an entire two-litre tub of ice cream, she has to, like, drive all around the city trying to find... A version that has the same like wrapper and and all the rest of it, and I love that. I love that little bit of sibling because they live together. Mm. They're obviously incredibly close sisters. Mm. One of whom is a very practical nurse, and the other of whom is a very practical politician who has food issues. Mm. It, that, that that part I thought was hilarious. It is hilarious, and then you've got this whole relationship with this house because um, the main character whose name I can't remember yeah. at all. Um, that's how much this book has remained with me. Um, no, the main no, character is, 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 a, is an estate agent. Um, and Diane? No, don't know. Anyway, she's an estate agent. Yeah. Um, and she's absolutely in love because she grew up poor and she's absolutely in love with the rich side of town, this house that's on the top of the hill. That oh, was, she ever wanted was to belong. That was built by this Scottish guy who came from nothing and built his way up and ended up being like a steel... Yeah, and then... Mad, it's like Andrew Carnegie yeah, style. The house features throughout the book mm. and, and the house is done very well. But then like two thirds of the way through, they suddenly decide to include this completely unnecessary... Maggie. Maggie, Maggie Fortenberry. That's the former Miss Alabama. Mm. So Maggie is trying to sell this house or Maggie wants to get the contract to sell this house and and it's all like old old um 
community orientated stuff and she yeah. she looks good and she got in with the rich set so that she's going to be allowed to sell the house and then out of nowhere we get this totally unnecessary it was like fanny flag went shit i'm almost at the end of my book i haven't said what i want to say so i'm going to from nowhere create these t characters that belong to the history of the book and i'm just going to spend five chapters looking intimately at their life mm -hmm. they will not feature at any other point in the book and they have no impact on the story at all i'm just going to write about them and that was really it was really silly it's about the set of children who are born but they're never seen in the same room at the same mm -hmm. time and she decides that there's potentially incest there and the whole time you're reading it the actual what's clearly going to be the solution is staring you in the mm. face you're just sitting there kind of going oh for get back to the storyline so yeah i mean the later books we haven't i mean we've not read um, a red bird christmas we've mm. not read a daisy fay in the middle of and they're both older Man. books they're so both we could books. probably enjoy them a but lot. i i still pick up i'd still buy family flag first oh, yeah. hand yeah um and she's one of the very few authors i would buy first hand i think mm. Um, you can get Bradley Flag anywhere you go. There's you you go into any charity shop. Yeah, second second hand is is probably easier, um, cheaper, cheaper. <laughs> um, well, I was just going to say or, or Amazon. Yeah, because none of them they're they're all released in such large numbers that um that you know the, you'll always be able to find one going for a well, couple I, of quid. I would quid. say give give her a go. I mean, her older stuff's better. Tell you what, do something radical. Head down to your local library and get them to get them in. Give them a try and if you like them then you can buy them and if not they're in the library and other people can give them a go. That's a radical idea. I think that people should start doing that more. You know what would be really good if like there was libraries everywhere? Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah. Or like if you had a solid infrastructure of libraries, you didn't close a third of them. Yeah, that would be great if they like, you know, didn't close the libraries down. Um, we should doing. we should tell somebody that. I know we should. You know what? We should definitely we should start a hashtag. Oh my god, that would be a unique <laughs> idea that no one has ever had. Um, right, I think we've blathered on enough about Fanny Flag, to be honest. Um, I, I do, do 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 watch the movie. Yeah, Fighting Tomatoes, the movie. It hasn't dated because it's set in the past and and in the eighties. Um, it hasn't aged at all. No. And uh, and if if there is a person out there who doesn't think that Kathy Bates, Jessica Tandy are among the greatest actresses of their generation, then you know. Come find me, I will argue you. <laughs> You're fools. I'm, we might none of us win at the end of it, but my God, you'd find out that I'm a huge Kathy Bates fan. <laughs> and if you do fancy a, a good weep, or if you, you know, and especially in this this the summer, I mean, mm. it's such a good beach read. Yeah. Definitely. If you're if you're if you're looking for if you're a mum with a teenage daughter mm. and you want to try and, and and have one more thing that you get to look back on as <laughs> one of the best. Well, no, but after you've done the Austins and the Brontes, like we told yeah, you last time, yeah, because like, uh, presumably you're following our timeline here. You know, basically, Leeds Book Club and Book Elf Leeds tell you how to bring up your children. Yes, <laughs> and, and which is marvelous of us, given that neither of us, you know, our mothers, our mothers, but but. It is one of the things that I, I look back and I, 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 I very unfortunately there's Alzheimer's in my family mm. the stuff that my grandmother remembered towards the end mm. it was the little things like this mm. I love that I get to share fried green tomatoes with mm. my mum mm. I, I love that that is the potentiality to be one of those memories that and makes and you know it. what I love I love that I get to share fried flag with you Aww. because this is the sort of series that you do kind of like it's it, if you're the sort of fan of this sort of books, you kind of find each other. Yeah, I think, and yeah. I think that you, it, it, it's a bit whimsical. <laughs> it's 
Americana. Yeah. But you, we we were in you, town the other day um, mm. getting a bus out to see a mate of ours who broke his jaw by climbing walls. Oh yeah, this this goes out to technologists. This yeah. podcast you were hearing. This is for you, Jim. This is for you, Jim. Um, but yeah, we were we were on our way to visit him, and we saw a guy reading a book that mm. book elf happens to be reading called <laughs> The Fountainhead by Anne. <laughs> Which we're not if talk we had about. seen if we had seen a dude or or a girl reading a funny flag book, we would have walked over to them and gone, "Oh my god, I read that book. Do you like it? I'm loving it. I hope that you enjoyed it." I'll lend you the others if you want. You see somebody reading The Phantom Hen by Anne Rind and, and you go, he's reading the same book as me. And that was it. We didn't accost him on the street or anything. He yeah. must be really grateful now that that was his book choice. <laughs> oh, one other thing. So cool. Two of our book lovers, I'm totally off the point now. Mm-hmm. Two of our book lovers were in town and one of them saw... Yes. Like, these people don't know each other. Um, unfortunately, one of our, our greatest supporters has been unable to make it to a book club through various life... Um, life things that have come up and she saw this dude reading a book and she basically walked up to him and went is that a book club book and he having no idea who she was went yes I'm in a book club and this is the book that I'm reading and she goes I'm in a book club and that's the book club that we're reading too and then they realize it's the same book club (laughs) a beautiful story I realize that that has nothing to do with funny flag except that it feels funny flag doesn't it well exactly that could have been in one of her books and you had bought into it when when, when little good things happen in the world and you look back and you go oh god that's that's a funny flag flag moment moment. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no read the books they're great okay Um, we're going to be doing a new series for our podcast yes um, which is very exciting because we are both um you know, Harry Potter. twelve-year-old wrapped in incredibly erotically charged grown-up bodies. <laughs> 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 We've decided that we're going to to celebrate the the final. coming out of that's a bad phrase to celebrate the release of the final Harry Potter films. Mm. We're going to read each of the books and watch the films and do possibly not a forty-minute podcast, but at least a half an hour one mm. on each, which we will be releasing until the film comes out. Mm. So um, we will keep our language clean so that if little people want to listen to us, because why wouldn't they? Um, They may do so. Yes. In theory. Or we'll put a big language warning saying we failed yet again. We failed at at this time and this time and this time. So don't just just, just skip through that bit. Yeah. And Um, and to be fair, we most of it, we go, oh, shit. Oh, bollocks, man. I just said shit. So usually they're not really... Pointy yeah. points are they? Yeah. Just but the, I am. I mean, Harry Potter is something that I've I've grown up with, and you've grown up with. And I I'm, I'm passionate. I'm a passionate advocate. I really, it really annoys me people who hate Harry Potter not because they dislike the books, but because of what it represents. I'm like, it represents millions of children reading when they might not otherwise have been doing so. True. That's a good thing in my book. Yeah. Right now that we've told you how to raise your children, yes, told you what we're doing next, told you why you must enjoy what we're doing next. We'll we'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, um, again, thank you very much for joining us. Um, there's lots and lots more of this on the blog, which is leadsbook.com. Yes, now. and um, we will leave the podcast section, the yes. poetry section, possibly be doing a graphic novel section yes. soon. Yes, that'd be cool. And also, we do do a book club. There are details in the book. If you're reading in Leeds, the next book we're 15th reading. 15th of May? It's 15th of May. We're reading Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. You're more than welcome to join us. It's in a pub, there's no yeah. kids allowed, but you know, the yeah. rest is. You can bring your dogs. You can bring your dogs. Mm. Um, lovely oh, and it's nice not food. that. David Mitchell. Um, we meet in Arcadia in, in Headingley and Leeds, so anyone who wants to come down, 15th of May, um, about five ish usually, yeah. uh, more than welcome, bring some cake. Oh, and we'll be doing a book swap too. Yes. So if you have those funny flags that we haven't read, <coughs> 
Yes. Now or any other books that you want to talk. <laughs> or if you want to come and get a book, you know, yeah. give us, give us, drop us a little bit. And, and, and Jess has a super. Jess, my, my friend here, is a superhero. She has a superpower, which is that she looks at you and she goes, "Ooh, let's see the book that. Ooh, if you've read this, then you must read this." And she'll tell you exactly what you should be reading for the next year. So you know, right. come on for that. Right. Thank you very much for listening, and we shall chat yes. with you again. Help. The mouse has gone mad.